Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I saw a picture on Twitter that I think sums up the entire year of 2016. Okay. It was a boat sinking. And the name of the boat was called No Worries. Yeah, there have been some worries last year. (laughs) But we're still trying, aren't we? (laughs) Happy New Year, everybody. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God 2016 is over. We got through it. Just. Not unscathed. Yeah. Very scathed. You can't be scathed, can't you? Well, I, don't, I was just being funny there, but... You can be scathing. Can you be scathed then? If you can get through something unscathed, surely you can be scathed. I suppose so. Anyway, not important right now. <laughs> 2016 is over, thank God. It's been a crazy, crazy year. One of the, probably the most momentous years in a while, hey? A lot of shit happened. Bowie. Trump. Brexit. Pokemon Go. The Mario app on iTunes. All very equal, equally monumental. What's the best thing that happened tonight? Can you think of anything good that happened last year? Yes, the night when we went to see La La Land. Yeah, that's pretty good. We won the State of Origin, that's pretty good as well. Sam was pretty cute all year. Yep. Sam, you know, he was doing pretty well. He didn't let us down at all. His level of cuteness stayed at a very high level yeah. the whole year. You don't see him getting an honourable mention anyway, do you? Well, he was trying his best, wasn't he? But he couldn't exactly. bloody do, do much compared to the world? 2016. Yes. <laughs> he was let down by the world. Um, other people have gone into all the shit that happened last year. Closer to home, though, I think my most the most annoying thing for me were the prams. That was the most annoying thing? Well, I just, I just don't like going to the shops and having to dodge people with prams. It's very true. That surprises me, though, because I thought your most annoying thing would have been Cheryl. Yeah, she's well, she's pretty high up there, isn't she? But she's a continuing thing. I think I've I've grown to the, if not like, accept her as a person. Excuse me. Last week you were going off about the fact <laughs> that the bins were still out, and it was Sunday. <laughs> well, <laughs> they go out on Thursday. She doesn't bring him in until bloody Sunday, and then she puts him out on Tuesday again. <laughs> may as well keep him out there. So I don't think you're over it at all. Oh yeah, but I'm not like. At first, I was thinking about going and have a chat to her, but I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> and I guess truck tops will always be there as well. Yeah. But they're always your nemesis, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Did you see at Palace Cinemas? They do fancy truck tops. Do they really? They do like different flavors and stuff. They do different flavors at event. Do they really? Yes, the one that I got was like a peanut one or a honeycomb oh, oh, one. Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that was like a special event, though, wasn't it? That one. No, you just like grabbed them from I the fridge. Thought it was like a Star Trek one. Or something. Well, that flavor was, but they have other flavors all the time. Mm, okay, righto. Fair enough, then. <laughs> Thankfully, there's always movies to take your mind off the shit in the world. And I think 2016 is actually a pretty good year for movies. Pretty good. I, li- I think it started quite slow. Yeah. It picked up a bit towards the end. Yeah, sure. 
Um, so we're going to do a, like a year in review of our films from 2016. Um, ours, they're going to be a little bit different than some you see because in Australia sometimes we get movies late or not at all or what you got like a couple of years ago, it's just coming now. So, you know. If you're listening to us in America, this is definitely out of date. <laughs> yeah. And also there's sometimes like the movies that are in the Oscar season are a bit different. Like Spotlight, for example, won Best Picture at the 2016 movie, mm. 2016 Academy Awards. But it was technically a movie from the year before, you know, but yeah, yeah. it came to Australia late. Same with Room. So a couple of those films that we were going to talk about, it's a bit different, okay? Don't shoot me, okay? I think, I think they're okay. They understand. Yeah, All right. Cool, 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 cool. The other thing is that um, we only started this podcast like halfway through the year and we haven't reviewed every single film we saw this year. And sometimes like I saw a film by myself if I was away or something with friends. I have friends, not just the name. <laughs> And so sometimes it didn't get on the podcast. All right, so the films that we really liked that we didn't get to review, um, there's a few of them. Let's start with The Nice Guys. It's directed by Shane Black. Mm. And it's like a, a neo-noir sort of crime, mystery, comedy, action. Yeah. I really liked it. It's got Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. It's the two sort of mismatched detectives. It was really good, I thought. That was fine. Yeah, they don't really make films like that much these days. No, it, it felt very um, kind of old school. Yeah, definitely. Shane Black's really funny too. Like he's a very smart writer. Mm. He plays with expectations and tropes and stuff. Like, yeah, there, there are a few, lots of that in the yeah, movie. Yeah, like you think something's going to happen, he does a total opposite. Yeah. Knowing, like yeah. playing off your knowledge of film. It's really cool. And they're actually really good chemistry. Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, they would never really have picked well. it. No, yeah. me either. It's really interesting watching Russell Crowe being a detective in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially compared to LA his big start, LA Confidential, yeah. you know. But a really great film, and it's a shame we didn't get to do a proper review on it, but. Would recommend seeing it. Definitely go see it. The next one we didn't get to review was Wiener, the documentary about um, Anthony Wiener, the US senator. He's a congressman. Congressman. <laughs> and then he. Scandalous had very, life. Yeah, he had a few sex scandals but then ran for mayor and while he was running for mayor of New York, um, he invited a film crew in mm. and as the as the campaign runs, even more scandals happen and the, the film crew's there the whole time. It's yeah. like unflinchingly um, realistic portrayal. I don't know. like It's kind of like House of Cards in doco form. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know why he kept the crew around. If that was me going through the scandal, just... at one at one point he actually says, you know, yeah. why why are you letting me film? He just got no idea, you know, crazy. And like obviously, he's done some bad shit in his life. And the the most recent um, allegation is that he was sexting an underage girl, which is totally not right. And I'm going to condone that, you know, definitely. However. Throughout the documentary, you still kind of like him, don't you? Yeah, there's something likable about him, even though he's a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, a, it's an interesting documentary if you're interested in politics yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Because, so. like, just more broadly, not about him in general, but if a politician is going through, like, a, a is having an affair or something, does that really impact on them being a politician, you know? Well, I think that's one of the questions that the movie raised, wasn't it? Does, hmm. does his, do his personal indiscretions have anything to do with his ability to be good politician because from all accounts he was a great politician and a great advocate for his mm -hmm. community but if you're lying on a personal level it's very easy to lie on a public level that's true so however 2016 shows us that you can be the worst candidate ever <laughs> and still become president so 
Maybe there's time for a comeback with, with Lena. You, you can know? have, what, four different kids to four different wives? and I think it's five different kids to three different wives. Oh, there you go. Be on tape talking about grabbing pussies and stuff, you know, and then. If you're a woman who had <sighs> five different children to that many men, it would never leave the headlines. Nope. If you can be a woman and your husband has an affair and that impacts on yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get past that. <laughs> the next film, Sinead didn't see this one, but I did. It's called Hell or High Water, and it's a, like a neo-Western um, set in Texas and about some bank robberies. It was really, really good, Sine. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm more of a Western guy than you, but mm-hmm. you kind of like them. I like a good one. You've kind of made me like them more. Yeah, so this one's got Chris Pine. It was actually fantastic. I've, I've always liked him, kind of, but I thought he was kind of like, like a pretty boy mm-hmm. doing those sort of roles. And this one, he's like really pared back. He's really serious and really, real. that's a real menace to him, actually. Yeah. Really cool. Um, and Jeff Bridges in it, mm-hmm. always great. Sort of playing the same role. I saw someone review this on Twitter and said, maybe in a few years Jeff Bridges will act with his whole mouth again because <laughs> he's talking out of the side of his mouth the whole time. But he's good at it though. So I think I think if, if we find that on DVD or on Netflix or something, we should watch it. Yeah, definitely. Next film we didn't really get to review was Zootopia, which I really liked. I thought it was really, really great. It's an amazing film. It's like yeah. a, it's a Disney film, it's animated. Um, it's set in a world where there's no humans, but all animals can talk and like have a sort of a city they live in. They're kind of anthropomorphic. Yeah, they've got like a little, yeah, a Zootopia, if you will. Yeah. And it's, it's like a crime sort of thriller sort of thing. It's, yeah, it's really fun. It's got a female bunny yeah. in the lead. Well, it actually dealt with some serious issues too. It had like, it was talking about um, police corruption. brutality, corruption, yeah. um, nature versus nurture, that sort of thing. I think this is a movie if you took your kids to see. You'd enjoy it as well? Yeah, I think we went to see it with some friends of ours. We did. And it was just because it was the only thing on that night. Yeah. But it actually was actually awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Actually, actually, actually. It was actually, actually, actually awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not one just for the kids, you know. We've all seen plenty of movies just for kids that are awful, but this one, I would have liked to see it anyway. So mm. Another film that we saw with some friends of ours, um, same friends actually, one of them anyway. Lauren, if you're listening, it's you. <laughs> There's a shout-out, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Eye in the Sky. So this is a uh, film starring Helen Mirren. Um, Alan Rickman in one of his last film roles. Yeah. Um, um, Aaron Paul's in it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a war film, and it's all about the use of drones in Africa, in the Middle East. Yeah. It's a different take on a war film. It's about the people that aren't actually on the battlefield. Yeah. So um, they're tracking some terrorists, and they they've, they sort of found them and it's about whether they can um, use this drone warfare in this city. It's really awesome. And it's all about, the, like, the, the governmental sort of decisions and who asks who and yeah. who has permission. It's really, really interesting. It's a very moralistic movie. It doesn't really shove the message in your throat, though, does it? No, it doesn't. It just kind of leaves you, like, with the question mm. of what's the right thing here. And it's, you know... It really should have got a bigger audience because it was a great film. It's a really stays with you for a long time mm. afterwards and it kind of explores the emotions of the pilots that are flying these drones who aren't on the battlefield but they're definitely affected just as much as the soldier on the front line. Yeah. But also like what right does do we have, you know, to go send drones over uh, there? But then it's like the the greater good sort of thing. Uh, that's the thing. It's larger poses larger questions of war and what the right thing to do is. It's just, it's a really good film. It's a really interesting film. If you like war movies, if you like, 
it, it's very heavy. Yeah. Um, but it's really, yeah, I, it's really important to see this, I mm. think. I'd, I'd really recommend seeing it. Yeah, one more film I really liked, and Sine wasn't so keen on it, but that's all right. It was a midnight special um, with Michael Shannon and Joel Edgerton. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool film, sort of like a um, sci-fi sort of throwback 1970s Close Encounters sort of thing um, with a chase movie. and it's like an indie superhero movie. In kind of, yeah. So I don't, know, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it too much because you can't talk much about it without spoiling mm. it, but it was really, really awesome. Really, um, like a, yeah, that's right, like indie sort of take on yeah. those sort of films, yeah. And it's really cool aspects of a cult I really liked. Yeah. I think, I think cults are fascinating. They really are. It's really, it's a good movie. I don't want anyone to think I didn't enjoy it. It's just... It was a bit too scary for me. No, you, you switch off a bit, don't you, if it gets yeah, too scary? I just, it doesn't really engage me if it scares me all the time. Yeah. I don't like that feeling. So, um, but it's a really interesting movie and a good movie. Hmm. Another one that I think should have got more of an audience than it did. Definitely. So we thought we'd do a summary of the films that we did review um, into worst and then honourable mentions and then the best film that we saw, which if you've been listening to our podcast, I think you're going to be able to pick. <laughs> Personally, for me, Suicide Squad was one of the biggest letdowns of the year. What do you think, Lonnie? I definitely agree. It was... It was a mess. It's a mess. It doesn't make any sense. There's good aspects to it, don't get me wrong, but it, it's all over the place. There's like five different stories going on. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of stuff happening in the editing room, I think. Um, it's the problem with these big blockbusters where there's so many people who have their finger in the pie and... It's it's kind of making a film, trying to please everyone rather than someone just having control and making the decisions. It's got, you know, ten different people making trying to make a different film almost. Yeah, it just made no sense, you know. Even without all the weird things about the sexualization of the characters and Harley especially. Mm. Just didn't make any sense. No. It wasn't well put together. It's just a poor you know example of what those movies could be. Yeah. So. Uh, Miss Peregrine is pretty bad too. Yep. <laughs> Again, it just wasn't didn't feel right, did it? it wasn't no, there was something no shape wrong to it, no tonally. Form. Yeah, especially at the end, it just got a bit silly and a bit, you know, it went from a really serious film to being just a farce. I didn't really understand it. What's worse though is that all these films are made by good people, good directors, and I know, good filmmakers. Yeah, Tim and, Burton. Yeah. It's not really. I don't really understand how that happened then. Um, we didn't review it, but X Men Apocalypse was awful too. It was, and I'm I'm a massive X Men fan, and I've I've loved um, the previous ones, but this one, I don't know. I'm not going to go see it again. I don't think. No. I don't really care. And if you're interested, I can send you a whole paragraph or two about how to fix it. I wrote that to a friend. Did you really? Yeah, I I don't want to get into it now because I'll, <laughs> I'll get so upset. But I know how to fix that movie. Lonnie's got the answers, everyone. Another film made by a good person. That was just not good. <laughs> <laughs> David Brent, Life on the Road. So I don't want to go over the stuff I said when we reviewed that, but Ricky Gervais could do a lot better, I reckon, and then he's I don't a, know. Yeah, he's a very clever man and very funny. That movie was just not mm. at all funny. It was like a 10-minute a sketch stretched out. Yes, you know? yeah, I agree. I think the problem with Ricky, that is he's sort of become David Brent without realising it. You reckon? Bring back Steve. <laughs> so of the movies that we did review there are a few that we wanted to give honorable mentions for first one i think i'd like to give an honorable mention to would be hunt for the wilder people 
was a really, really great film. I love Taika Waititi. I love everything he does. Um, I love Ricky Baker. <laughs> Ricky Baker. <laughs> <laughs> they won't get that unless they've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was a wonderful film. And in any other year, it would have been my favourite film, I think. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah. Arrival, also probably in any other year, would have been the best. It's probably second best on my list. comes in at number two. We didn't review it too long ago, so there's no need to recap, but it's effing amazing. That's the sort of one you're going to watch a few times. Yeah, definitely. You know, to get more out of it each time. Mm-hmm. I really liked Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. So now you weren't so keen on it, were you? I liked it. I just, was it that good? Yeah, I reckon so. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're reviewing that in a podcast in a couple of weeks, so I'll go into more detail then. But I really liked it. It's really sad. It's really funny. Mm. Really good performances by everybody, especially the kid. I'll go into that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Light Between Oceans was also one of my favourite movies of the year. Very moving. Again, great performances. Really worth seeing. Don't be put off by the fact that it looks like an old lady movie. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. How, how good is um, Alicia Vikander? Just amazing. Yeah. And Michael Fassbender, obviously. Yeah. Even in X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Their finest. Again, I don't think it's gonna. it's widely seen by... A lot of people yet, if it's even come out yet properly around the world. So that was the one where they um, they're making a film during World War II propaganda sort of thing. It's the one where they ruined the entire movie two-thirds of the way in and everything would have been fine if they just stopped it before the thing happened. So now he's got some unresolved issues <laughs> with that film. Cafe Society was another great one that we saw. Yeah. Woody Allen film. Mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart's best performance where she's not her fidgety, lip-biting hair running through her fingers self. And Jesse Eisenberg isn't a Korean crazy person like he was in yeah. Batman Superman. Yeah. He ruined that film for me, to be honest. I really liked it, but every time he's on screen, I was like, ugh, get him off. <laughs> and I like him as an <laughs> he's actor. He's a really good actor, yeah. Probably one of my favourite Woody Allen films, to be honest, Cafe Society. Yeah. I really liked how it went. I liked the tone of it. I like Woody Allen films when Woody Allen's not in them, I think. Mm. I like him better as a director than I do as an actor. Fair enough. And if you remember back to one of our earlier podcasts, Tickled, we loved it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't say anything about it because that's how you have to watch the film. You have to go in Not knowing knowing, knowing nothing. Yep. Um, hopefully it gets some attention in Oscar season for so. Best Documentary. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we're not the hugest documentary fans. Well, we, we like documentaries. We just don't get to a lot of them. But um, we really made an effort for this one and I'm glad we did. Yeah, me too. So overall, our favourite film of 2016. I'm going to put some some drum roll in here, okay? Okay, good. Which will be no surprise to avid listeners of the show was... La La Land. Yeah. I'll put some cheering in as well. Okay, yeah. All right, cheering. Yay. (laughs) La La Land, amazing. Amazing film. Amazing film. I said to Lonnie, there were lots of really great ones here. So like numbers two, three, four were all really close together. And they were so far away from the rest of the pack. But then La La Land was even further above those good films. Yeah. So like in any other year, Arrival was, you know, heads above anything else. But La La Land was even better than that. Mm-hmm. So very, very fortunate to have seen this. Very fortunate to have such a good selection of films to choose from, I guess, this year. Yeah, we've seen La La Land a few weeks ago and we still haven't got over it. We listened to the soundtrack on repeat. Read everything about it. We're planning on seeing it again in a couple of days. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And, like, 
it's getting a bit of a, a backlash because it's getting such a good reception. I hate how that happens. Yeah, you when know, things become popular, it's, it's everyone just got a hate on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing, and we're definitely it's made for us. Yeah, it was made for you and me in particular. Mm. So, of course, we're gonna love it, um, and I hope it gets very successful. Everyone, I hope everyone sees it. I think my top three of the year would go La La Land number one, Arrival number two, and then. Probably Light Between Oceans is number three. Yeah, okay. I don't think Light Between Oceans is getting much of a good reception or like a lead up into the Oscars, but I thought it was really good. So just keeping in mind at the moment, we haven't seen a lot of the films that are going to go for the Oscars next year because they haven't quite come out in Australia quite yet. Mm-hmm. And also we haven't seen Rogue One. We're seeing that in a couple of days. So perhaps that'll be, that would be on our list if we'd seen it um, yep. before we recorded this. So I'm sure we'll do a podcast on that. So I'm sure we will. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to say thank you very much for everyone who's listened to us this year or the half of this year. Um, we're planning on continuing in 2017 for our two listeners that we get. <laughs> thank you, Sinead's dad, and thank you, Ben. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just I hope you like the podcast and I hope that it brings you something interesting to talk about with your friends and family or gives you some good recommendations of films to go see. We really like doing it, so you know, as long as we like doing it, we're going to keep on doing it. Mm-hmm. But when it, when it becomes too much of a chore, that's when it's going to stop. Jeez, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Something that you could do to help us out would be leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, or share the SoundCloud file, um, just to get some more listens for us. Just think about it. If all the listeners told one friend, we would have eight more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and those eight listeners. <laughs> Yep. We'll get us far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And I hope 2017 is better for you than it was for the rest of the world last year. Thank you for listening. Thank you. All very equivalent in their momentousness. I think I just said momentousness <laughs> instead of momentum. Yeah, no, moment. Me- moment. We're not putting this in. Hold on. What are you trying to say? I don't know. Monumental. That's the word. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.